If you are a radio or TV GM, the question that is coming up more and more often is, do we need you? For all the political money in TV, the question has got to be raised and gets raised more often these days. Does it work? All those millions and billions of dollars in TV, does it work? And the annual forecast event is coming up. Good morning. We're back with another edition of Media Insultant, our opinions, ideas, comments, and snarky cryptic comments, primarily targeting radio and TV sales professionals, both those in the business and those who are no longer in the business. Sometimes the most entertaining comments we get are from people who are out of the business because they can say what they want more freely. (laughs) I'm Jackson Weaver in the Pacific Northwest, just across the lake from Seattle, a town where apparently nobody goes to work anymore. And fresh back from watching Thursday Night Football is my co-host, Keith Samuels in Los Angeles. Keith, good morning. Nice to see you. You look refreshed, even though it looked like it was a tough night of football, watching it on Prime. Well, that's what uh, that's what enough beer will do. So, you know, I just try to make, keep myself hydrated, Jackson. So that's my secret. Stay hydrated. It's working. It's working. We do this each Tuesday and Friday. So today we'd like to welcome you to the Friday, September 23rd episode of Media Insultant. Well, it's billed as panels, keynotes, and networking. It's been going for some 20 years. It's kind of a big deal. Lots of suits, egos, posturing, but a lot of interesting topics and a lot of interesting people at a pretty high level. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about Radio Inc.'s forecast. Now, it's actually not Radio Inc. It's Streamline, which owns Radio Inc., but They have done this event called Forecast every year at the Harvard Club in New York City for 20 years. And it's actually, it's been, it's a a lot of fun as events like this go, because it is pretty much higher level people. Now you do end up with vendors and you end up with consultants and, and, you know, schmucks like me, but they're also. So so this year there's going to be an insultant there. There's going to be an insultant. We've expanded, they've expanded it to include insultants. And they've expanded it to include TV this year. I'm not sure how well that's going to work. It's been radio-focused for the longest time. The radio uh, chairman is Bob, or the radio chairman is Greg Ashlock. Bob Pittman is the honorary chairman, and Jordan Wertlieb from Hearst Television is the chair for the TV side of it. It's a pretty intensive day, It's uh, but it's a lot of fun. There's no stream, no delayed podcast, so you got to be there to get it. Okay. And it's frankly, it's a little expensive, but you do get a continental breakfast, you get lunch, and a very nice cocktail party afterwards where everybody mingles and shoots the shit. It's, so well, it, yeah. it is kind of fun. And you've been, you've been a regular uh, for a lot of those years, Jackson. So uh, of- you're going to be there this year again? Going to be there this year again, and I always love hanging with the uh, people at uh, Streamline, Eric Rhodes and Deborah Parente and and Adam Jacobson and, uh, and Ed Ryan, who's editor of Radio Inc. So it's a lot of fun. Now, the interesting thing has been, it's been hard, Keith, to get people from the larger groups there. You didn't see a lot of people from uh, iHeart or from Odyssey. Now, Having Greg and Bob on the leadership team this year may make a little difference in that. Uh, well, let's let's so, hope so. And now, have you ever met Greg Ashlock? Have not. Looking forward oh, to meeting him. 
yeah. Looking yeah. forward to meeting. Greg's a Greg's a great guy. Say hello for me. Uh, have you ever well, met Bob Pittman? Yes, I have. And okay. uh, well, there you go. And and Pittman is um, is also a uh, very nice guy. Charming guy. Charming guy. Yeah. Although it's and something we got to talk guy. about. You know, Jeff uh, Smolian has written a new book that is coming out in a couple of weeks that I'm dying to read because he apparently, well, the one person he takes digs at is Pittman. So, okay. Well, we'll, we'll then, talk I about guess that. both both insultants need to do a little book report on uh, on, on right. Jeff's new book. Yeah. Very, okay. When it comes out, it'll be out in a couple of weeks. The date is Wednesday, uh, November 16th. Wednesday, November 16th at the Harvard Club. You can find any further information you're interested in at radiotvforecast.com, including an agenda, which is developing as we go, and be sure to tell them we sent you. So there. Okay. That's, that's our plug for the, for the forecast for forecast. TV is going to take a big hunk of the $10 billion in media spending that's coming up for midterm, Keith. Mm-hmm. And as you and I were talking about this the other day, and we were talking about TV getting billions, radio getting only 400, they think about 420, 430 million dollars, just a tiny sliver of the overall budget. Mm-hmm. You got to ask, does TV work? Does this make any difference to voters one way or the other? What's, what's your thought on this? I, I think it does. I mean, I, otherwise, I don't think they would be spending it. Well, and I think obviously they spend a lot more on digital now. They clearly believe that that's working. But I think the idea of television is that you're able to, particularly for national races, you know, I mean, you know, in your state, it would be a Senate or you know, Senate race or a governor's race or initiatives going on, or if it's a presidential election, presidential races, it allows them to reach a lot of voters efficiently and really kind of overwhelm you know, uh, the marketplace, if you will, of voters, in, in, you know, if you get outspent, you know, you're, you're going to get run over. And then they've, you know, we've seen that. So and it's a way to, you know, drive, uh, you know, voter turnout, because they really want to get that kind of emotional connection with the voter and make make sure that they, they get out. Well, now nobody has to get out and vote. It's all mail in votes like it is in California in a lot of places. But yeah, I think it's, it's just and we're seeing it happen earlier because of all this early voting and because of all this mail-in voting and absentee voting you know the, that window of voting now is like a month so yeah you know they've, they've yeah. got to they keep running that tv early early to get those early voters and you know it used to be you could run tv the last couple of weeks of an election period and and really drive it home but now it's too late now that's really a good point in fact a lot of the last minute promotion on any media is to get people to make sure they get the damn things filled out and mailed, you know, rather than than going to the ballot. But it's interesting because most of the research actually says the TV doesn't do much, except that the thing is, is that, as you know, there are so many really close races all over the country. And in those races, it does seem to make a difference. You know, it doesn't, if in in a state like California, that's going to heavily vote blue it probably isn't particularly meaningful. But in those places like Georgia, Ohio, Wisconsin, where the races are really close, it does seem to make a difference. And also, as you go down ballot, the lower level candidates, it, television gives them a way of getting the audience getting to know those candidates that they may not pay much attention to. They may not pay much attention to who's running for secretary of state or who's running for state senator position, state senator position. But, you know, my takeaway on it is, is, is pretty close to yours. You know, there's some effectiveness here. There's any question about it, 
But the TV stations are, as you said, they're billing about as much in the election as digital. So they better make the hay while the sun shines because my feel is that while it's often a waste of money, it's going to continue for a while. And the real question is, does this spend that you see on television speed up the erosion of broadcast TV viewing? Because that's all people are seeing. Well, yeah. It, by the way, when, where do they go? They go to YouTube to watch other stuff, right? Well, if they go to YouTube, that's jo- chock full of political spots, political TV spots. So YouTube is TV, okay? It's just another way to watch TV and watch video. And you've got non-preemptible. You can't skip the ad when they're running a political. You know, uh, you right, can skip right. the, the, the consumer product, but I've got to watch the ad for some knucklehead that's running for city council. And, you know, there's the 30, and i got to suffer through it before I go to watch something else. So YouTube has allowed them to do, you know, geo-targeted television for these very defined small races that all of a sudden create quite a, a awareness level for a race that you wouldn't even know about. And, you know, we've seen this with, with attorney general commercials and, and uh, city attorney, district attorney commercials in San Francisco and L.A., and, and so... Yeah, it's, uh, uh, there's a whole underground of, of how important video is, whether it's on a television station or on YouTube or a uh, display ad. Political consultants and their candidates can't get enough of their video. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If I'm selling radio, that's my cross-sell. If I'm in the market, I'm calling on all of my clients and saying, you're not going to make it on TV Yep. And if you do, you're going to be buried because political is going to keep bumping you. And if you're on the news talk station, that's great. But they're also going to be buried in political ads. So why don't you spend a little of your traditional good old Ford, good old <laughs> Acme advertising budget. On our station. On yeah. our station. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, Keith, uh, there was a time when being the GM of a radio station and TV station, too, was kind of a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. you got invited to all the functions in town, you know, from the grand openings of something to movie premieres. You know, I didn't pay for movies for years, you know, and you'd always get, get into the sneaks. And you always got your calls returned, you know. This is Bob Smith, the GM of, you know, KBC, and you got your calls returned. And, but the GMs also really influenced the sound and the positioning of the station, the marketing and everything else. And frankly, when 20% of the market cumed your radio station, you had a prestigious, influential post Mm -hmm. and on TV, even more so. So being a GM was a big deal until consolidation. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, you know, as well as I do, it eliminated thousands of GM positions. Used to be every station had a GM. And as general manager, they now consolidate into one GM overseeing four, five, six, seven, eight stations, depending upon how large the cluster is. So since it used to be that every station had a GM, now the corporate has restructured it and they're beginning to say, you know, maybe we just take a GM and we have them supervise two markets. Or three. Or three. Or five, you know. So yeah. what you what do you think about about this is our GMs are the GM, is the GM role going to go away? No, no, it's not going to go away. Well, it's been renamed, so there, I don't think there's anybody that's named general manager anymore. 
I mean, if you're a market, if you're a general manager uh, for a cluster of radio stations at iHeartMedia, you're a market president. You're a market president. And underneath the, the general manager used to be a director of sales. That person is now senior VP of sales. So they've renamed these roles, okay? But they've also redone the, the uh, job requirements, the job descriptions for these roles. So if I'm an iHeart market president, if I'm a market president or general manager, market manager for Cumulus or Odyssey, I'm basically a glorified director of sales, which we used to call director of sales. Now they call senior yeah. VP of sales. So, you know, because they have taken programming, promotion, uh, traffic, uh, which is managing your commercial load. Um, what am I leaving out? Business, uh, uh, business, business, most, business, most, office, most, the, business uh, office, the engineering office. They've taken all that and centralized them in their own silos. Okay. So there are format captains. There's brand managers, brand directors, whatever they're all up for, for programming. And the general manager, which used to oversee all of that, the general manager used to hire and manage the program director and the traffic manager and the business manager and the chief engineer and the sales managers. No more. They're, not, they're just basically overseeing sales. So why do you need that many? If you already have a director of sales, you have a bunch of sales managers, and you have a, a market president that's overseeing sales, that's your guy. And so in radio, it's really pretty much programming and all the other things are out of their hands, okay? Now, in television, what we've seen in consolidation of television over the last decade is that those general managers that used to do the editorials, you know, they used to come on, this, I'm the vice president and general manager of my television station. You don't see that anymore. And, but, but basically, the general managers used to, in television used to be where the sales managers grew up into. That's where the sales managers went. They went to be the general manager. Nowadays, it's guys coming out of the news director. The news departments are becoming general managers in television. So basically, general managers in TV are glorified news directors. They're running the news product. They're overseeing that. The sales guys are overdoing their own thing. You know, and they're reporting probably to you know regional regional sales directors and regional sales managers and so forth. But you know, the, the job has changed dramatically over the last thirty years, and really accelerated over the last ten in both radio and television to be jobs that are much narrower, much more specifically either news and television or sales and radio. I'm sorry, audio. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's unrecognizable. But more recently, we've seen uh, where um, just a couple of weeks ago, a couple of market managers in, in uh, Texas for iHeartMedia resigned. Kelly Kibler, who oversaw Dallas, Fort Worth for iHeart, and uh, Matt Walsh, I think is his name, who oversaw San Antonio and Austin, they walked, they quit. And, and the next thing you know, the, the market president, I'm sorry, the metro president in Detroit, a guy named uh, Corvino, now oversees not only Detroit and nearby clusters in Michigan, he oversees Dallas, San Antonio, and Austin. So, you know, uh, that don't have market managers. So are we going to see coming very soon where market presidents in iHeart will no longer exist? They'll just be a whole bunch of metro presidents that are market presidents over multiple, you know, markets, not even, you know, next door markets. I mean, you've got You've got Columbus overseeing Cleveland now. You've got Cincinnati overseeing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's closer to Washington, D.C. than it is to Cincinnati. So that, you know, how's that work? But that's what they're doing. 
And so I think they're really creating an environment where, you know, we really don't need all these high-priced market presidents. We can have metro presidents for a little more money oversee a handful of markets, and it'll be a lot easier for us to deal with. Well, okay. So if that's the truth, if that's the case, what's the downside? What? Why would you not do that? Well, anymore, I don't see that there's that big a downside because yeah. you've got your sales silo, you've got your programming silo, you've got your engineering, you've got your business departments. All those are running kind of independently and, and basically out of corporate. They, you know, they all know what the policies are and you just do the playbook. So, you know, why do you need a market manager for certainly not for every station? And you certainly don't need one for every market if the job is, is, is yeah. so generalized in terms of, oh, yeah, I'm just going to come in and make sure the sales guys are doing their job. And I can I can do that by Zoom every Monday morning. I think the thing that makes it uh, that is the negative on it is that for it, it's really tough on small clusters and standalones. You know, that's that's where it gets really hard because, you you know, if you've got a cluster in one market, you can't share management with three other markets the way iHeart or Odyssey or Cumulus can. And the second thing that I think is a factor that it will be you'll see is you'll see more consolidation of local stations on that basis. Like we saw with Amaturo buying a couple of Redwood Stereocaster stations in Sonoma because these guys who operate, you know, small clusters or standalones are going to go, it's too expensive to have the talent that I need for a GSM, GM role. In, and in a lot of these cases, they do the same. It's too expensive. i got to find a way to consolidate with other stations. So Yeah, so uh, Lawrence Amatura will have Michael O'Shea run those other two stations, just like he already has them running the, the current cluster. You know, might, might spiff him a, you know, a few extra shekels. But, you know, hey, it's, it's a lot. We've got the accounting department already set up. We've got programming ready to go. You know, it's a, it's a very clean deal. You know, even Town Square, you know, they have their market presidents in their smaller markets and medium-sized markets, but they also include in the title chief revenue officer for that market. So they're already telling you that that person is going to be in charge of sales, digital, online, streaming, and and over the air. And over the air, yeah. Yeah, they're not, they make no bones about it. So, um, you know, at least they're honest in the title about it. Well, and the other thing is is that this model really follows a lot what we've seen in print, newspapers consolidating and, and you know, having having one central area that not only prints the paper but also manages the sales or for two or three surrounding newspapers that are also owned by Gannett, you know, whoever yeah, happens yeah. to own the newspapers. So. Well, and, and that's that's the case here in, in Southern California because Patrick Sun Shung, who owns the L.A. Times and the San Diego Union-Tribune, a great sales guy that I, I, I know and respect, Paul Ingenieri, he oversees he's the, he's the oversees kind of retail sales for both the L.A. Times and San Diego. He was in San Diego. They have him overseeing L.A. too. Now, they've got a VP of, you know, they've got other VPs that oversee, you know, uh, other parts of the sales function. But the people on the street are all reporting to Paul in San Diego yeah. and in L.A. And in L.A. And, yeah. Well, it's uh, something worth observing as the market continues to mature. And uh, unfortunately, that's it. We're out of time. We do want to get a plug in for the fact that the QR code that you see on the side of the screen is how we can ask you to support us here at uh, Media Insultant. We appreciate everybody supporting. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's In Town Media on Venmo. The, the QR code takes you directly to, to our site on Venmo. So we really appreciate it. And Keith, we will be back Tuesday when I think we're going to ask uh, our Facebook's best days behind them. 
You know, they've have been very disruptive in local media. And the question is, Ooh. is it a fading star? So we'll talk about that. And uh, we drop new shows each Tuesday and Friday on all the podcasting platforms. Video, of course, is available on Vimeo in the Media Insultant Showcase. Love your comments. Jackson at IntownMedia.com or LinkedIn whenever you see us posting a uh, one of the videos or the audios on LinkedIn. That's a great place to give us some feedback. And Keith, we're going to be back uh, again next week when we'll start this all over again. (laughs) That's right. Don't forget to go sign up for Forecast 2022 and join Jackson at the Harvard Club in New York. Muffy, wear your old school tie, Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't worn a suit in a couple of years. That'll be real interesting. Real interesting. Okay, we're out of here. See you, Keith. Have a great weekend.